Hey everyone, it's Henry, Mike, and Jeff of The Decentralists. We've got an interesting hot topic today. It's the great app store of China. You may have heard of that. Well, the Chinese government has been getting tough with tech lately, especially Chinese tech firms. Starting with the, well, effective neutering of Alibaba founder Jack Ma a few years ago, the government has been putting increased regulations in place and issuing vague guidelines in an effort to assert more control over their population. I mean, kids are limited in how much time they can play online games like Fortnite. Social media companies need to ensure that nothing is said in a derogatory fashion towards the Chinese Communist Party. And even online tutoring companies have been forbidden to make money. Here's a crazy one. The Chinese Uber, known as Didi, is even being forced to delist from NASDAQ in America just a few months after their much-anticipated public listing just to get their app back into the app store in China. So there's a lot of crazy things going in, but going on there, but, but, but then again, it's a different country and a different government. In one of the most dangerous moves yet, the government announced that they were stepping in to take control of the mobile app approval and listing process for the software Tencent. So, Mike, Jeff, I've heard about the Great Wall of China. I've heard of, about the Great Firewall of China. Can you give me more detail? You know, in order to understand what the Great Firewall of China is, you have to understand what a firewall is, okay? And a firewall is one of these kind of technologies that's in the same jumble as like VPNs and antivirus and all this stuff. It's meant to be put kind of at the edge of a computer network. And in this case, the computer network is the internet right. in China. And there's a, the government has this piece of technology that basically opens and closes ports and access to the Chinese internet. Mm. Okay. So I have, I may have a firewall in my house, right. That, that allows me to protect my inside and my computers and my, you know, everything that I store in the house from people coming from the outside. I may have a firewall around my company, right. But this is a firewall around the country. Wow. Right. And it was done, you know, the Chinese put this in place years ago. Because they basically said, oh, you know, we want to use this to protect our culture and all this other kind of stuff. But realistically, what it did was allow companies like Didi to basically just rip off Uber's business model, but create a Chinese version. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, Uber wasn't allowed past the firewall into China and uh, Didi wasn't allowed out of China. Basically, if you wanted to hail a ride in China, you had to use Didi. Right. And the same thing for all these other, you know, there's, you know, Doin and all these other apps that are like WhatsApp and Twitter and eBay and all of this stuff, right? So they, they basically grew this tech industry within China because they had this firewall, right? But what, what's happening now, and, and by the way, there's a firewall in Russia now as well, or they've been building one. Oh, boy. Okay. And so, you know, what you've got is this well-meaning intention at the beginning, theoretically, which is we want to create a, you know, we, we, we're a country, we're, we're totally able to do what we want to do to kind of maintain our cultural integrity, right? And our security and all this. So whatever excuse you want to use. 
And so we're going to put this firewall around the country and we're going to use it to basically build a nascent technology sector and make them into big companies. And they've done it. It worked. But now the governments are, are now using this level of control that they have to clamp down even further. Right. So we have a firewall in China. Now the government is starting to directly intervene into companies and how they run their businesses. You know, nobody would. Could you imagine being, a? you know, you're the you're the head of the Royal Bank of Canada. And all of a sudden, one day, the Canadian government knocks on your door and says, you need to delist and uh, get out. Yeah. And so so the idea is, is, is that what you've got is this government now, these these methods that were used to that to create nascent markets are now being used to control the population. Right. So the Chinese government, so, you know, we've ranted and raved. It's a particular pet peeve of mine about mobile devices and what can or cannot be loaded on them. Mm-hmm. I have an Apple iPhone. The only way I can get an app legitimately on my phone is to go to the Apple app store and Apple has control over what gets on my phone. But now it's kind of getting even worse because the Chinese government says to Tencent, who's basically say the equivalent of the Apple iStore, our Apple uh, app store that you now cannot approve an app for listing in the Chinese app store unless a government agency has approved it. Uh, and I think, I think it's impossible to have this conversation without having it in the, and, and really with any technology discussion, politics comes into it in some way yeah. or another, but, yeah. but in China, it, it is unique because you you can't look at this outside of the context of the uh, you know the CCP Chinese Communist Party and, and and what that all means and you look at China today and Shanghai has gleaming office towers and Beijing has uh, you know cars and technology and and all this kind of thing and it it looks like this capitalist utopia, but it's, it's still really not. And, mm-hmm. and there's certainly a lot of conflicts there, but particularly with the, the current leader of China, uh, Xi, President Xi, he is an avowed Leninist. And you right. can say, well, how, how can he be an avowed Leninist when they're making 6 million iPhones per year and everybody's dishwasher comes from China and so on. And you kind of have to disconnect Leninism from, from sort of communism, which under the model in Russia a hundred years ago was nearly impossible, but Mm -hmm. today you certainly can. I mean, Steve Bannon is a Leninist, right? And Steve Bannon is certainly not a communist. So what does Leninism mean? Well, that means, dictatorship of the proletariat at its fundamental level and and furthermore it's really that that word dictatorship that comes in there so to be a leninist you you have to be willing to control what people see what people say what they consume to ensure that they are above all loyal to the party right and how did it work out for lenin well not <laughs> you know not well but but China is is walking this incredibly successful tightrope where so far um, where the people are you know it didn't work out for Lenin because there was never any prosperity in the Soviet Union right mm-hmm. people were always 
you know, they were waiting five years for radio and, yeah. you know, and, and they right. could, and they could witness, you know, they could witness the, um, the Politburo smoking cigars and, you know, doing all this stuff while they were hungry. Right. Um, whereas in China, people all see this vision to, to wealth and prosperity. And so they're not, you know, they're not as concerned that they're being told their kids can't play video games or the apps have to be loyal to the state. I, I was having a conversation with someone from Hong Kong about the encroachment of China into Hong Kong, the erosion of rights, do they right. care? And the response was, people in Hong Kong just want to make money. They don't, they don't really care if their newspapers aren't free anymore as long as they're, as mm -hmm. long as they're making money. So, so all of this stuff that, that is going on in China is all about, uh, well, it's really all about Xi. You know, you, you had his predecessors who were perhaps, you know, more, more interested in pivoting the nation towards being more free. And, you know, and Xi is just dragging in the opposite direction again, because he is this, he is this avowed Leninist. Like Putin. Yeah, I mean Putin is different again because he is a highly corrupt autocrat, right? Um <laughs> and and certainly there is corruption in China, but I don't I doubt I would doubt very much that Xi has like billions and billions of euros and US dollars hidden in overseas bank accounts. I mean, I'm sure he's very comfortable. He's being driven around in limousines. He can have anything he wants to eat. He lives in a probably in a very nice place. But I don't, I don't, I don't suspect he has vast quantities of personal wealth like like Putin and all his right. lackeys right. do. So, so I think that is that is the key. To, I, I I I hate to use the term pure to describe these you know, these despicable people like Xi, but I suspect that's, that's the case. Um, so, so when you can say, how can he do this? Why can he do this? Blah, blah, blah. Um, it is because he's a Leninist. And when you say, well, you know, look what happened to Lenin. I think he's approaching it in a much more clever fashion than Lenin either did or was able to do. I, I do I do agree with that and I think but I think at the end of the day one of the commonalities in this in this um, you know uh, this illustration of like Lenin and G and and it's being a Leninist or being whatever it's all about controlling the population okay and it is right the firewall is there to make sure that nobody in China is just downloading willy nilly things like eBay and Twitter and Facebook right they're downloading the Chinese equivalents and da 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 I mean. You know, and it's and it's one of these things where tech and the and and this this foundation of this web 2.0, the social internet that we're in right now, has made tech a target because of its unquestionable ab ability to control, manipulate, and influence a population. Right? So the Chinese government, by having the firewall, has made sure that this this panacea that has developed where Mark Zuckerberg is, you know, being accused by the International Criminal Court of, 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 uh, of suborning uh, genocide in Myanmar, and he's even being sued for it, right? That's a private company, and they're in the, in the headlines, and they're getting hammered. Well, the Chinese government, what they've done, and the Russian government is, is now starting to do, 
is to say, well, no, 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 here's the deal. Like in, like for example, in Russia now, they, there's a, there's a requirement that if you sell a phone in Russia, like an iPhone or an Android phone, when it comes out of that box, the apps that are on it all have to be Russian. <laughs> so the Russian version of Twitter and the Russian version of WhatsApp and the Russian version of eBay and Didi and all of this kind of stuff. So the internet is no longer free. It's now what you've done is you've taken these levers of control and the governments are starting to realize, wait a second, because I control your ability to make money, I can just, you know, Jack Ma was the richest man in China and all of a sudden he disappeared. Remember that? A couple yeah. months. He just went poof. Because he was, why? Because he wanted to do a public listing for his finance company, Alipay. That's right. And he was too rich, too influential, and somebody who theoretically had the levers. That What that did was it woke the government up and the government now says, now I'm going to openly take control of the technology that has now got anybody, everybody in its thrall. It's like propaganda now. Well, right. I mean, remember, it used to be called propaganda. Of course. And you had I mean, all these, you know, shady little ministers and nut jobs that would make up things and put them on TV and control what people saw and stuff like this. Well, geez, the levers are already there. The population's already controlled. Yeah. Uh, if I now can turn as the government, I can take that, right? To be clear, when I'm talking about, you know, this Leninist philosophy. I'm not mm -hmm. defending it. I'm not no, saying no, no, it's no, understandable no, sure. or a good thing. I'm just saying it provides a framework or context to to try to understand what's going on right. in the same way in 1975 in the Soviet Union, you were reading Pravda and yep. listening to, and, and you, you know, and, yep. and there were uh, transmitters that were blocking the Voice of America shortwave broadcast so you couldn't you couldn't receive it in Vladivostok. And that is, you know, that is no different, really very updated, but that's, that is what is, uh, what is going on. Right. Um, but the difference is, like I said, is they're not saying no Twitter at all. They're saying, here is another Twitter you can use. And right. on this Twitter, you can talk about the kind of noodles that you like to eat. And you can talk about mm -hmm. how you like this particular Chinese pop star. And boy, wasn't, um, you know, the Marvel movie with the Chinese superhero great. But you can't talk about Tiananmen Square and you can't right. talk about Tibet. And so you create this environment where you give the people enough so that the majority of them are satisfied Whereas the ones who aren't satisfied are are marginalized or or pushed to the edge or jailed. So that is what previous right. Leninist, you know, Leninist nations weren't able to do. They weren't mm -hmm. they weren't able because they they didn't have the finely tuned controls mm -hmm. that social media gives them to you know give give everybody a car that is good enough, a Chinese made car so that they don't really complain that, Hey, you know, everybody in the West can have a F one fifty and I can't. So that's, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it, it's, it's sin. I, I want to say clever, but it's really sinister is what it is. Right. Well, after revealing all of that, I have a great question for you. Um, who do you feel should control the app store because it is so powerful and it is so influential. Um, should it be a government or should it be a corporation? 
Is there any other choice? Mike, Jeff? It should be gone altogether. And I've said mm-hmm. this in I other agree. podcasts, right? There should be no such thing as an app store. If I want to put Angry Birds on my phone, I go to the Angry Birds website and I download it and I tap install and it puts Angry Birds on my phone. And if you know the company wants 50 cents for that, then I have to pay them somehow. Right. And you know the the phone company should be in the business of making and selling phones. They should not be in the business of gating the content that Correct. goes onto those phones. And I, I've said in other podcasts, if I buy a Windows PC, I can just download and install whatever software I want onto it. It's not gated into an app store. So the question of who should control it, it, it to me, is moot. There should It shouldn't exist in the first place. Wow. Well, and, and, and I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and you know, but, but it's, but it's real, right? You know, we've got, you've got this thing where now, you know, the, the, these tech companies are so powerful, have made so much money and they say they need to have this in order to keep everybody secure and to have the best, uh, you know, phones and the best experience operating and experience and all this other kind of stuff. Right. But now what we're seeing is the kind of the sordid underbelly, shall we say of that model. And I couldn't agree more. I think there has to be no app store. I think you have to be able to load anything pretty much anywhere. Right. And take your own chances. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you go to a website on the dark web and you download solitaire, don't expect to, you know, don't complain when something happens and you get hacked. Well, don't you remember that was the days that was the same thing that happened in the days of the um, first audio files, the MP3s. Mm-hmm. And you weren't sure where you were going. Uh, and sometimes totally. you got something that was kind of messy. But then Apple and a few others realized that they could pack, package it nicely and safely. And they made a billion or two dollars. Well, and, and, and so this is the rub, right? So what we've got is a reality now where the, 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 the majority of human beings that are currently accessing the internet and forecast in the future to join the internet are doing it on a mobile device, mm-hmm. a tablet or a smartphone, okay? And the only way that you can legitimately get an app onto that phone is through one of the app stores, okay? And if you're in Russia, that's a Russian app store and it's only Russian apps. If you're in China, it's an app store that's only Chinese apps. And what you're, what we've basically done is take this, the internet, um, which you could, you could envision as this, you know, utopian kind of ocean, right? Full of fish that are intermingling and sharing ideas and exploring and everything freely. And you're just taking a bunch of fish and putting them into goldfish bowls mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and saying, this environment is all I'm going to let you have. This is what I'm going to let you say. This is what I'm going to let you see. And because these companies have created these convenient control levers and I control companies and whether, you know, their CEOs end up in jail, I now have control. Right. The argument about spyware laden MP3s from 20 years ago just doesn't hold water anymore because the air quotes, antivirus applications, the, the mm-hmm. Windows Defender and these things are so sophisticated today that there's nothing to say you couldn't build those for an iPhone, build those for an Android. So if you try to download Angry Birds and you go and get some spyware version by mistake, the antivirus software would trap it and say, I don't think you want this. The hash doesn't match the signature. Right. It's doing all these weird things. I recommend you delete it. 
And there's nothing to say you couldn't do that. Uh, you know, so this, this argument for the app stores of, Oh, we're protecting people. Remember the bad old days. Well, the bad old days are old days for a reason and they're, yeah, they're just not around right. anymore. Again, it's a, uh, again, another complex uh, discussion, but what I liked about the way you wrapped up gentlemen is the fact that both of you agree that, and I hadn't even really thought about this before that maybe there shouldn't be an app store. So essentially what you're doing in a pure sense is you are, you're coming up with a more decentralized thinking and world right. to, to uh, uh, in, in which for us to, uh, uh, to pursue. And I like that. I mean, heck, that's what we're all about. It's what we're all about. Less control by central authorities, more control by people. And the only way you do that is get rid of these app stores and get rid of these, these tech monopolies. Yeah, we're going to have to have another chat about this and come up with some ideas and, and, and perhaps chat with other folks who, who, who already are moving that direction. Mike, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we'll catch you next time. Thank you, Henry. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.